All right, let's turn the Bibles to the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26. And I look forward to a great day today, a busy day, a good day, and excited about all the Lord is doing, and look forward to what uh, He has for us this morning uh, from the Word of God. Uh, our theme for all this year has been uh, one of action, and the church uh, by faith in action. And we look again this morning Acts chapter number 26. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 14, and I'll read down through verse number 18. Uh, But Paul uh, has been uh, arrested. He is in captivity, and now he is taken before uh, King Agrippa, and he will begin to defend himself, uh, but his defense is really a testimony. Uh, His defense is really a revelation of what God has called him to do. And this isn't the message this morning, but let me just mention this. You and I should never apologize to this world uh, for what God has instructed us to do. Uh, God has commissioned us to preach the gospel. God has commissioned us to be a standard for righteousness. God has commissioned us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's why we're here. And so uh, Paul certainly gives an example of boldness, keeping Uh, focused on uh, the purpose that God has given him. And I'll preach more about that tonight, Lord willing. Uh, If I make it here tonight, I'll preach more about that. I know I plan on being here, of course, tonight. And uh, But look at verse number 14 uh, with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, he is giving his uh, testimony uh, of uh, when he met Christ on the Damascus road. Let's go ahead and read verse 13. At midday, O king... I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And When we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the, in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul gives his testimony. Paul is telling King Agrippa, I was on the the road to Damascus, and that bright light shone, and I met the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I asked him who he was. He was the Lord. You know we preached on his uh, testimony uh, several times throughout the year. Uh, But then he goes into verse number 16. After his conversion... After his salvation, uh, the Lord has given him, given him a purpose, given him uh, a task to do with his life. And again, I'll preach more about that this evening, Lord willing. But then he goes into verse 18 and, and tells what the task is. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. I want us to put our focus this morning on verse number 18. I want you to notice that first phrase, to open their eyes. 
And this morning, I want to speak on a spiritual eye-opening experience. A spiritual eye-opening experience. Father, I pray this morning that you would instruct us, you would teach us. May the Holy Spirit of God have liberty this morning to work in each and every heart. And Father, I, I, I don't know if there's one here that is lost. I don't know if there's one here who has yet to put their faith in Jesus, but you certainly do. And I would dare say this morning they realize if they're lost. Father, I pray the message this morning would be exactly what they need. May they realize uh, that they've yet to have that eye-opening experience. And may uh, today be the day of that spiritual eye-opening experience. Father, I pray it shall be with those who have already uh, made this decision, already put their faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, May this morning, may we be reminded of what uh, you have done for us through the Lord Jesus. May we uh, stay excited about our salvation. May we be mindful to tell others about what Christ can do for them as well. Uh, Bless our day, the time we have, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul gives, as we've mentioned, the reminder to King Agrippa. Uh, He tells him how he got saved. I believe this is the third or fourth time we have uh, come around Paul's salvation experience. And it's a good reminder for you and I. It's one that we should never get too far away from. Your personal salvation experience. Uh, It's different than Paul's, I promise you. Uh, But it is unique to you. And uh, aren't you glad that God cared enough to send his son to die on the cross to pay for your sins and my sins? Uh, we as Christians, we should never get too distant from that. We should never uh, get too far away from that. And when people ask, why is it that you do what you do? Well, let me tell you, about, let me tell you why. Let me tell you about my uh, spiritual uh, eye-opening experience. And Paul begins to tell, he tells of his conversion, but then he goes a little further and he says, God is giving me a task to do, and it's to go to the Gentiles, and it's to open their eyes. And he goes through this progression of things. And as I begin to ponder this this passage of Scripture, it is certainly true of what God sent Paul to do. But if if you think about this, it's the same thing that happened to Paul. Uh, He had a spiritual eye-opening experience. Paul was a zealot. He was a religious zealot. And he was was, uh, determined to uh, further his cause. He was determined to to pursue the end uh, for uh, his means and that of his religion. And uh, he was was so zealous, and he was such a zealot that he even uh, persecuted the church, and he even had Christians put to death because uh, they would dare uh, preach of a salvation by faith. But after he met the Lord Jesus Christ, he had his eyes opened. And ladies and gentlemen, this morning, aren't you glad you had your eyes open? Aren't you glad you had that spiritual eye-opening experience? And let me just remind you this morning that those who have never had the eye-opening experience, they don't understand some things. Uh, they don't understand what has taken place in your life. They don't understand why you get excited about some of the things you get excited about, why you don't get excited about things you used to get excited about. It's because you've had a spiritual eye-opening experience. You had that time, that occasion, that moment, when you didn't meet Jesus on a Damascus road, but maybe it was in a church service at an invitation time, and somebody opened the Word of God and showed you how you could be saved, and you trusted Christ as your Savior, and 
That was your eye-opening experience. Maybe it was somebody uh, sitting in your house and, and showing you from the Word of God. Whatever the, the time and whatever the place was, you recall it, that time uh, when you had that <clears throat> eye-opening experience. And this is what Paul is speaking. It is his purpose. But I want to think of it this morning and what has taken place in our life. I want to take the few minutes we have this morning and I want to remind all of us here that are saved what God has done for us. And if there might be one this morning who has yet to trust Christ as his Savior, you've yet to put your faith and trust in Jesus in the finished work of Calvary in Him alone. I pray this morning that as we go through the message, the Holy Spirit of God will work in your heart and the Holy Spirit of God will, 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 will put you under conviction and lead you to that spiritual eye-opening experience. And you'll understand a lot of things a lot more once you put your faith and trust in Christ, once you are converted, once you are saved. And so I trust this morning that the message, the time we have, will be a a help to us and a reminder to us as Christians. But notice he speaks of of what took place in his life. And then then in verse number 18, he tells us of what God has sent him to do to the Gentiles. And and we see, first of all, by way of introduction, he talks of the opening their eyes, which signifies that eyes are closed. There are many in this world today, and you and I were the same way before we got saved. We, we We were spiritually blind. There are a lot of people who like to talk religion. You know why it sounds so odd to you and I? It's because they're in it so real to them. It's because they are spiritually blinded. It is a frustrating thing. It is a sad thing to to present the gospel to someone and them try and, and, and justify in their own mind why their religion is enough or what they're depending in. And you and I look at that and you and I hear what they're saying and you and I can see how wrong it is how off base it is, how it's never going to get them a step closer to heaven. But in their mind, they're putting their faith and trust in in something other than the Lord Jesus. The reason is because they're spiritually blind. This world doesn't understand uh, why as a Christian we would do some of the things we do. They're spiritually blind. And this morning, I want us to be reminded, when you had that eye-opening experience, you had that time when you trusted Christ as your Savior and you remember Allow your mind to take you back. You may not remember the exact setting. You may not remember everything that was going on, but can you set your mind go back to the time when you trusted Christ as your Savior? And you had that eye-opening experience. You, you were changed in that moment, in that instant. I want to remind you this morning of what our salvation has done for us and what uh, that eye-opening experience is notice in verse number 18 to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. The first thing that our eye opening experience does for us is it turns us from darkness to light. We live in darkness, we, we existed in darkness. Uh, it's a sad thing to think that so much of this world lives in spiritual darkness. They cannot see their way. They cannot find their way. They have no hope. They have no uh, future to look forward to. They have no peace in their life. They are in spiritual 
darkness. That is where you and I live. That is where you and I exist. That's why we cannot be surprised and and we should not uh, be upset per se if, if, a, if a lost person acts like a lost person because they are in spiritual darkness. That's why it's important for us to take the light of the gospel to them. That's why it's important for us uh, to get the gospel to them so that they know that they might be saved. You know what would change our country? You know what would change our world? It's not another political revolution, although I'm for voting for the right people, getting the right people in office, passing the right laws. I'm for all of that. Let me tell you what will change this world is for those who are in spiritual darkness today to meet the light of Christ and in that moment have that eye-opening experience to realize that they had been in darkness, but now they have been saved to the light, the light of Christ. Aren't you thankful this morning that you don't have to exist in darkness? You don't have to exist wondering. It's amazing how many jump from religion to religion or how many they, they are just, they hold on to something to get them beyond their difficulty. When friend, the only thing that will get you and I, the only thing that got you and I out of darkness was the light of Christ. Well, you think about that, the darkness. One of the horrible things about that place called, that eternal place called hell is the darkness that will be there. You think about children, what, what are they scared of? They're scared of the dark. For that matter, there's a lot of adults scared of the dark as well. <clears throat> it's because with the dark, there's uncertainty. With the dark, there's unknowns. The darkness is a fearful place, is a scary place. But aren't you thankful that because of the light of Christ, you don't have the fears that you used to have? You're not afraid of what's going to happen to you when you die. You're not afraid of your future. It's because you have been turned from darkness unto light. Aren't you thankful this morning that you met the light? Aren't you thankful this morning that you don't have to live in that way? You had that eye-opening experience, and the light of Christ is, is what came into your life and converted your soul. And, and to be reminded this morning, He has turned them from darkness to light. Notice, second, secondly, and from the power of Satan unto God. When you have that eye-opening experience, you turn from the power of Satan unto God. Satan is a cruel and horrible taskmaster. How many exist in darkness today? But they also, that in that darkness, they exist under the power of Satan. You, say, you talk to those who are putting their faith in something other. Than, and you say, well, well, well Pastor, no, I just don't have faith. Oh, yes, you do. You're putting your faith in something. You're either putting your faith in your own good works, you're putting your faith in a religion, you're putting your, your, your faith in what uh, a family member said to you, or you're putting your faith in the Word of God. But you're putting your faith somewhere for your eternity. Maybe you'll say this morning, I just, I, just don't, I just don't think I believe that, or I just haven't got to that place yet. You live in a darkness, and you live under the power of Satan, and you have the religion today that would send anybody a different way other than Jesus as a false religion, and it exists under the power of Satan himself. How many today in our own country are, you see the divide in our nation has become more obvious 
and more polarizing. It's really this morning, and, and I don't want to get too far off track, it's really not Democrat and Republican. It's really gotten to a place where it's good and evil. It's gotten to a place where it's, we hate God, and there's a group that says, we still want one nation under God. Uh, you take in our, our neighborhoods and our societies and our universities, we are, we are churning out a generation that are being taught that there is no God. They're being taught uh, that they evolved from, from some, some species. They're being taught that everything just happened and exists. And they're being taught the opposite of the truth. They're being taught that, uh, that, that there is no God. If, there is no, if God didn't create things and there is no God, I don't have to depend on Him. I don't have to look to Him. And we now we're having a generation that comes up after a generation who are being taught there is no God. What is that? They are existing under the power of Satan himself. But aren't you glad that when you had that spiritual eye-opening experience, you went from being under the power of Satan unto God? Now, if that's not from one extreme to the other, I don't know what is. Boy, and how Satan clouds the mind and how he deceives uh, sinners and uh, boy, it's heartbreaking to uh, try to give the gospel to somebody and just see them so deceived and so, uh, so 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 much under the power of Satan himself and not even realize it. And friend, you and I were the same way. Paul was a religious man. Paul thought he was doing good things. Paul thought he was doing the work of God. How many times do we hear that today? Well, I'm just doing the work of God. We do things in the name of God, but we're really, they exist under the power of Satan. But when you meet Jesus, it's not a church, it's not religion, it's not religious works. It's going from the power of, under, under the power of Satan unto God. Well, aren't you glad that Jesus provided a way for you to get to God? God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. So much a part of the religion of the day and uh, so much of what I've been teaching on Wednesday nights is man thinking they can take God down to their level instead of man trying to get to God. We'll just bring God down here to us and we'll create this cool God and we'll create this hip God and we'll create this God uh, that, that is not holy and we'll create this God in our mind uh, that, that is not one that would send anybody to hell. We'll just create this God. No, friend, the only way you and I can ever get to a holy and a righteous God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Jesus that said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man, that's pretty simple to understand, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Why is it that man can believe? It's very simple to me. Why is it that man can believe another sinful man can get them out of their sins to a holy God? That's not even logical. It would have to be somebody who is without sin, would be the access to God. There is one mediator between God and man. Scripture tells us who it is. It's not the Pope. It's not the priest. It's not even the Baptist preacher. It's Christ Jesus. He is the only one who can get us to God. And aren't you glad when you met Jesus Christ, 
wherever it was when you trusted Christ as your Savior, wherever it was when you bowed your head, you bowed your heart, you surrendered your will and said, I'm going to believe on Jesus and only Jesus. You went out from under the power of Satan out of the darkness and, got, and you attained access to an almighty and a holy God. Save from darkness to light and the power of Satan unto God. It's really a horrible thing to to not be saved, isn't it? There's really no positive outlook from the position of an unsaved individual. The Scripture says you're in darkness. Scripture says you're under the power of Satan. Society today would say, well, well, you're just, you, you don't have to listen to that and, and, and you're doing fine. How many times have you, have you discussed salvation with somebody? Well, I'm doing okay. I'll find my way. You're going to keep wandering and keep looking and never find your way because you're in darkness. Well, I'm doing okay. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you exist under the power of Satan. But think about when you had your eye-opening experience. You went from darkness to light. Power of Satan unto God. There's really not much to rejoice about for a saved individual or a lost individual. But you know there's much to rejoice about if you're saved this morning. But I don't understand why. Well, I, know, I know problems are real. And I know burdens get heavy. We all are in those situations. But when you think about where you were before you met Jesus and where you are now, well, there, you can find something to rejoice about. You can find some reason to put a smile on your face. I understand if a lost person is discouraged this morning because they're in darkness. They're in, under the power of Satan. But we have had that spiritual eye-opening experience. We have seen a loving Savior. We have seen that He is enough to get us to a holy God. We have seen the love of God firsthand. And this idea today, well, there's not a God who loves. And God's not a loving God, friend. If He didn't love mankind, He would not send His Son to pay their sin debt. He has provided a way. And it's because of that moment we met Christ. Our eyes were opened. We heard of Jesus and we heard what the Scripture tells us of what He did for us. But I promise you this, Christian, the moment you got saved and those eyes were open, you saw Jesus even in a greater way than you saw Him before. You saw Him from not from He will save me. This is so simple but so powerful. But after salvation, you look at it from He did save me. It's one thing to look and anticipate a promise. It's another thing having received the promise and look back and know how unworthy that you are. You know how much of a sinner that you are. And not only was He willing to save me, He did save me. And my eyes have been opened to just how wonderful it is. There are sometimes you're in darkness and you don't even realize you're in darkness. You're under the power of Satan. Don't even realize you're under the power of Satan. I'll use this as an illustration, a simple illustration. It may, it may even be a silly illustration, but uh, it, it amazes me. And I don't, I don't want to use any of my family members that this might apply to, but uh, it may apply to you. The Lord has blessed me with good eyesight. 
I, I can see very, very well. Everybody tells me that just enjoy that while you have it because eventually you'll get to the age. Well, just because, just because you're grouchy about it don't mean I have to be grouchy about it right now. That's one thing the Lord has blessed me with. I have, great, I have good eyesight. I have healthy eyes. I have great eyesight. Everybody else in my family, except for my youngest, they do not have good eyesight. Now, I say it's because I don't watch TV in the dark and because I eat my carrots. I'm the only one that eats my carrots. <laughs> they have not bought into that yet. But every time they have to go back to the eye doctor, I remind them this is a lot more expensive than just eating some carrots. You know, if you just did that. Anyway. But it's amazing to me, and, I, and I, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have to, you, there's no other way I can do this but just use her. My wife, uh, she has to wear glasses, she has to wear contacts. And when she doesn't have them in, she cannot see. And it's amazing to me, it's hard for me to comprehend. And some of you have had to wear glasses for a long time. Uh, you, you, can, you can sympathize with this, and some of you who... who who you're just not old enough to wear glasses yet. Uh, you, you, can, you can relate to me here. Um, I can't comprehend not being able to see some of the things that she can't see. Well, that, that's fuzzy to me. I'm like, it's, it's, it's six feet away. How can, you, how can you read that? How can you see that? Well, how can you not see it? See, I'm on the side, I've never, I've, 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 God's blessed me with good eyesight. But it's amazing when, oh, I think I'll wear my contacts today. Or I'm going to put on my glasses. Now I can see what I wasn't seeing. It's like somebody who's like a child who goes for a long time. They need glasses and mom and dad don't know about it. Or they finally go to the eye doctor and they give them those, those glasses and they put on. It's like, oh, I didn't know there was so much out there that I was missing. What's happened? They've been given a tool to see what they could not see before. Silly illustration, but how much greater is our salvation? We go through life not realizing what we're missing. We go through life not understanding how wonderful it is to be out of the darkness and into the light. We go through life and we just, we're just, it's all we've ever known is, is, is to be an unsaved man. It's all we've ever known to be under the power of Satan. But once you have that spiritual eye-opening experience, now you see how much darkness you lived in. Now that you've experienced the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself, you understand how you were under the power of Satan. You didn't see it before. Friend, don't get frustrated when you try and witness to your lost family and your lost friends because they can't see what you see. And sometimes it's just like, I can't explain it. You've just got to experience it. And that's the only explanation you can give. But you've got to understand what Jesus has done for you. It's now you've got that spiritual eye-opening experience and you understand what it means to have trusted Christ. I've, I've, I've got just a couple of minutes. Let me mention the last couple. We see in the scripture here that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified. Oh, when you had that eye-opening experience. All in that instant, you trusted Christ. You received forgiveness of sins. It all ties together. We have that eye-opening spiritual experience. In that moment, we come from darkness 
to light. In that moment, we leave the power of Satan unto God. And in that moment, we receive forgiveness of sins. Boy, think about what we receive, the gift that we receive of that eye-opening experience, the forgiveness of sins and inheritance. For it'd be good, it'd be good enough just to have the things that I've already mentioned, but to receive forgiveness of sins and to have our sins taken from us and put on Christ's account and and His account is what God looks at and and to know that we have been forgiven of all of our sins and what a wonderful, wonderful feeling. But it's even better than that. Not only do we not have to give pay for pay for our sins, but we the Bible tells us that we receive an inheritance. We become a child of God, a joint heir with Christ. In that moment, think about that eye-opening experience. What, is, what does Paul say? When I met Jesus, he, he, he sent me on a, on a journey. He gave me a commission to do, and it is, it is to open their eyes. It, it is what took place in his life. It's what took place in every Christian's life. The moment we trusted Christ as our Savior, we went from darkness to light, the power of Satan and the God, and we received forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified, the saved. When you got saved, you got a lot. When you got saved, a lot happened in that instant. Well, you and I need to be reminded of that. What has God done from us? Yes, we have an eternal home in heaven to look forward to. We'll never have to experience a moment in hell, but in, on this side of eternity, in this life, we don't have to wander in darkness. We, we, we're in the light. We don't have to exist under the power of Satan any longer. We are under God. We've received forgiveness of sins. It's a heavy burden for a man to live day after day with the weight of his sins on his shoulders and, and, and knowing that there has to be an account. There has to be a payment for that. But then knowing as a child of God that He has forgiven all of those sins and He's already paid the price for all of those sins. And not only that, we get an inheritance he, he makes us one of His own. Now notice the key to this. Among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. There's a lot of individuals, that's what you and I need to be reminded of. Maybe you're one here this morning, this would apply. There's a lot of people, it, 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 if, if they have any common sense about them, They don't want to live in darkness. Now there are some, they've been so clouded by Satan. They've lived under his power for so long. They just don't want to have any, they have have, have charted their course and they have no intention of ever changing it. But I would say the majority of people, they have no desire to wander in spiritual darkness. They're looking for the light. I would say as we progress in this verse, there are many, they don't want to live under the power of Satan. They, they don't want to be under his control. They don't want to be uh, under his uh, spell, under his doings. They would, they, they, they're looking for God. They're looking how to get to God. That's why, uh, and I'll use the term loosely, churches are full this morning. There are people say, why would somebody go to, to that church? And it's obviously a false gospel. It's obviously sending them another way. They haven't had the spiritual eye-opening experience yet. But I'll tell you what they're doing. They, they're looking for God. They're looking for a way out of the darkness. 
They're looking for Him. They're looking for forgiveness of sins. Well, you talk to a man about, and no man wants to divulge everything he's ever done, but if you speak to him and say, you can have forgiveness of all of your sins, I would dare say there's a lot of people looking for that. There's a lot of people who want that weight off of them. They want that burden off of them. They want that guilt off of them. And to be and to receive the inheritance of all God has, who would not want that? This is why some will stay in spiritual darkness. Why some will stay under the power of Satan. They'll never experience forgiveness of their sins. It's because at the end of the verse, he says, by faith that is in me, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, that faith that is in me. Faith that by faith... See, Paul was such a wicked man, he couldn't go through a, 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 a 12-step program and have his life turned around to where God would receive him. He couldn't turn over a new leaf and, and have God uh, accept what he had done. No, he had to have in a, in, a, in a time and a moment when he faced the Lord Jesus Christ and he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. It is that same faith that pulled you and I, if you're saved this morning, out of darkness I was almost five years of age when I trusted Christ as my Savior. And I wouldn't have put it just like this, but looking back on it, it's exactly what I'm preaching this morning. As a child, I had not lived, obviously, a long time in this world as a sinner. But I'd lived long enough. And the appeal to me is I do not have to stay in my lost condition. There's something better. Jesus is better. Jesus is the way. I understood very clearly, I understood very plainly that I was a sinner, that I was in spiritual darkness. I understood very clearly and very very plainly that Jesus was the only way. And I put my faith and trust as a child the best I could with that childlike faith. Can I tell you this morning, I've been saved ever since. Boy, it's wonderful. Not wandering in darkness. I was saved at very, very young. I don't know what it's like to spend the majority of my life in darkness. Some of you could testify to that. I don't know what it's like to spend a long, long time, many, many years under the power and control of Satan. I don't, I don't know what it's like. I'm thankful for that. But I do know enough about how wonderful the light is. I know enough about how wonderful God is and to have forgiveness of sins and to be an heir of all that God has to understand. It was all because I put my faith and trust in Jesus And as a child, I had that spiritual eye-opening experience this morning. If you're saved, you ought to let your mind take you back to the time when you got saved and and realize that, and just as I'll close with this one more time, as we're looking forward to that promise saying, God will save me through the Lord Jesus, now we're able to look back and say, God did save me. It ought to be more to you now than it did then because you understand how wonderful it is to not wander in darkness anymore. You understand how wonderful it is to be under 
unto God and not under the power of Satan anymore. You understand what it's like to go through life without the burden of all of your sins on your shoulders, knowing there's got to be a payment for them. You understand that we have something to look forward to in heaven, the inheritance of all that God has. He is going to let us have a part in. Well, you understand what it's like on this side of salvation. That's why, Christian, you get you, there's no reason to quit on God. There's no reason to fall by the wayside. He has delivered you from darkness into light because of that spiritual eye-opening experience. This morning, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, today could be that moment when you go from the darkness to light. So I don't understand everything there is. All you need to understand is you can't do it on your own. I promise you, when, when, when you get to the light, you'll understand more. But you, all you've got to understand is to realize that because of your sin, you were, when you die, you're going to die and go to hell and pay for your sin for the rest of your life. There's a holy and a righteous God who demands that sin payment be made. Either you've got to pay for it, or you have to accept Christ's payment for it. If you'll just put your faith and trust in Christ, well, your spiritual eyes will be opened to what he's, everything that He's done for you. Salvation sounded really good before I got saved. It's a whole lot better on this side of salvation. I think Christians, you know, we ought to start, we, we, we ought to allow our minds to remind us of that. Isn't it a wonderful thing? It's a wonderful thing to witness to somebody and to see their eyes light up when they have that realization. Oh, this is good. Oh, Jesus died for me. Oh, I don't have to pay for my own sins. You know what I'm talking about. You see it in their face. As they put their faith and trust in Christ, you, they, 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 they see it. They experience, why is it? They're going from darkness to light. Power to Satan under God. This morning, we're, we're on, we're, if you're saved, you're in the light. Let's rejoice in that. We have a better understanding of what God has done for us. Let me rejoice in our salvation. Father, I pray.